Welcome to the Federal Reserve Bank of Atlanta's Econ South Now podcast. Today, we're joined by Dr. Robert Friedman, a professor of criminal justice at Georgia State University in Atlanta. He will be speaking about the economics of crime. Thank you for joining us today, Dr. Friedman. Pleasure to be here. To get started, how do you expect the downturn in the economy to impact the crime rate? Well, t- typically, uh, when we look at the last uh, 40, 60, and perhaps more years uh, for which we have uh, data, uh, it appears that when there's a downturn in the economy, there's an increase in uh, what we call uh, street crime, violent crimes, and property crimes. It's not simply the, the rise in crime that uh, provides the whole picture. I think we also need to look at the societal expenditures uh, for, say, uh, security measures or the total cost of a larger number of people uh, that go through the criminal justice system. So uh, in addition to the direct cost of crime, there's also indirect cost of crime, such as days of work lost, uh, injuries, treatment in hospitals, and uh, so on and so forth, and that uh, could pile up to... uh, uh, even more significant numbers. If we talk about not just traditional crime, but if we tie the economy into uh, the unfortunate uh, modern plague of uh, international terrorism, uh, then the, the dangers are even far larger than uh, ever before. In responding to crime, do you think there are better alternatives to locking people up and just building more prisons? Well, it's all an issue of uh, priority, uh, mindset, and then policy and political decisions. There are always alternatives to to, uh, any uh, social and public policy. The problem was a public policy that if you build prisons, as the saying goes, uh, if you build them, they will come and they will be housed because... uh, with a larger number of prison beds, uh, you will be able to have more people uh, sentenced to, to prisons. Uh, with the three strikes and you're out, the sentencing guidelines, more and more uh, uh, people have been uh, ending up in prisons. The, the U.S. actually has the highest proportion of the population, close to 2%, uh, larger than uh, any any other country in the world that is uh, being in prisons that includes prisons and uh, county jails uh, when when you look at all of that that is quite a tax on the society now if you look at alternatives sure uh, there are various uh, diversion programs uh, there are drug courts and mental health courts and uh, are the kinds of diversion programs that are trying to uh, actually move people away from prisons if there is some hope that uh, they will be uh, rehabilitated and not recidivate back into the world of crime. Of course, in a lot of metro areas, particularly in the South, uh, where they're cutting back on the number of police officers walking the streets, it would seem that housing prisoners is the least of the issues with an increasing crime rate. It seemed like the bigger issue might be the uh, apprehension of criminals. Well, it's an excellent point because uh, what you are uh, sort of referring to is the caseload that the police departments have to deal with. And that caseload, as indicated before, increases with the cuts of budgets. We have an opposite effect of actually increasing the caseload per, per law enforcement officer. And then if you add to that furloughs, and and the uh, layoffs or freezing of of budgets uh that could be quite serious well, let's shift from the law enforcement side of it with prisons and and police officers to the uh american side of it the citizen side 
One report estimated approximately 14% of Americans' income spent on expenditures related to crime. Now, the report talked about some things that are obvious, such as uh, the prisons, surveillance cameras, offsets for shoplifting. But it also talked about expenses that people might not think about, such as extra commuting expense to live in an area that's less crime-ridden. So why do you think Americans are willing to tolerate spending so much money to address crime-related expenses? Well, it's it's rooted in two ideologies, philosophies, mindsets that basically build this country. One is the principle of home rule, which uh, resulted in the creation of uh, the multi-jurisdictional structure of law enforcement. And that basically means duplication of efforts, duplication of budgets, and some would say even wasteful uh, expenditures. But it is very important to emphasize that the reason that that has taken place is because most of the citizens did not and still do not trust the central government. And that's what uh, sort of created the United States with the uh, running away, if you will, from the from uh, European tyranny. And the notion of the home rule is extremely important, and you can see that in, uh, for example, in, in the metro Atlanta area, you see the cessation of several new cities from counties and the creation of their own police department and fire department because the citizens want to have the direct service uh, that will benefit them and not some uh, general population that uh, they feel that they pay the taxes for and they do not get the services. The second ideology, the, the, the sense of individualism that is the bedrock of, of this nation, is also very important. So people will spend the, the necessary expenses on what they perceive will provide for the general welfare, and that is food, shelter, and security. But that statement could be misleading, so let me qualify that for a second. The business community does not always spend the money either adequately or sufficiently. For example, corporations do not provide enough training for their employees and their visitors because their argument is that time is money, so evacuating a building uh, for, for half a day does not seem to be conducive for business. Uh, yet that's a very short-sighted view because uh, for the long term, if you do not do that and there's an unfortunate uh, tragedy and you do not know how to evacuate people well, and in addition to the actual damage, you have secondary damage of, of uh, the evacuation process itself, um, the cost in terms of insurance to property and, and life uh, is far greater than if the training would have taken place and uh, less of the panic uh, would have been there. The second issue is the spending of money on regular security issues. Uh, corporations typically try to uh, save money wherever they can, which is reasonable and, and understandable, but security typically suffers from that. Well, let's talk about the Southeast. Does this region face any unique challenges? Well, uh, yes. Actually, every region uh, in the country and in various places in the world has its own characteristics that have to do with history, culture, demography, climate, temperatures, uh, being a transportation hub, which uh, the metropolitan Atlanta area actually serves as. And all of that can impact the 
import and export of crime, namely how much of the crime is established and generated, maintained locally, how much of it is imported uh, from other sources and other sites. The fact is that in some places, the likelihood of resorting to, to um, criminal means might be higher than in other places because it depends on ethics, it depends on uh, culture, it depends on religious convictions, it depends on uh, the extent of public shame, uh, and so on and so forth. Having discussed all these various factors, typically in the, in the South, because of the climate, because of the various cultural heritage, the, there are a couple of things that are fairly observable here. Uh, the, A, the crime rate is higher, particularly violent crime, but also the sentencing is, is uh, stiffer. And even within the region, the more you move outside of the metro centers, the stiffer the penalty. Well, Dr. Friedman, I'd like to thank you for shedding some light on crime with us today, specifically the economics of crime. Again, we've been speaking today with Dr. Robert Friedman, professor of criminal justice at Georgia State University in Atlanta. This concludes our Econ South Now podcast on the economics of crime. For more information, please see the first quarter 2009 edition of Econ South. On our website, frbatlanta.org, you can read our article about this topic. Thanks for listening, and please return for more podcasts. If you have comments, please send us an email at podcast at frbatlanta.org.